Corner 3 Podcast, weekly tales of the NBA's hardwood from the suburbs of Cincinnati. Check us out at thecorner3.net. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Corner 3 Podcast brought to you by thecorner3.net. It's another diagram week, folks. We're breaking down the Western Conference, and we're going to do a little bit of Hall of Fame roundtable talk this week. But before we get to that, let's bring in our excellent panel, none other than the Hoops Hype Man himself, Mr. Alex Derrickson. The Fifth Element's a shitty fucking movie. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. But so is Steel. See, that's a reference to the Hall of Fame discussions tonight. Oh. And also, our Hoops historian, he's pulling a flu game on us today. He's coming up about 40% of the action, but he's still here. This is other than Sean Mackey. What's going on? You uh, you look great. You look very good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> when I was sick earlier this month and I had to go to the free clinic, uh... The nurse practitioner that was examining me asked if anything else hurt, and, or if anything hurt, and I just said, no, my pride, because I have a cold in August. <laughs> yeah. That's, like, that's, that's how, how you I, feel right now. This is, like, this is, like, one of those things where, like, like, I don't expect to have a cold ever unless it's at least the end of October, early November, and I, it, it was inevitable. My fiancé was sick all, all week. We stayed home all Labor, or all, yeah, all Labor Day weekend and didn't do anything, so, but... I'm here to talk some basketball. Yeah, you are. So, yeah. if you were one of the, like the 60 people that listened to last week's episode when we did our Eastern Conference recap, I mean preview, um, you saw that we basically already did what everyone thought we were going to do and predict the Cavaliers to win the East. But Alex, who was the head, who was the runner of this diagram and did excellent work with it, decided that he uh, figured out the seedings that we had put together. So here are your way extremely too early that will probably change before the season starts uh, breakdown of what we think the Eastern Conference is going to pan out. Nope, these are the stone tablets of Moses. These are set. I have been to the future. I have acquired Gray Sports Albanac. And in case you're wondering, spoiler, for Vegas, here are your bets. So just missing the playoffs for the Eastern Conference will be our good friends, the Brooklyn Nets, Philadelphia, Orlando, Miami, Detroit, Washington, and Chicago. However, mm. Eastern going eight through one, we've got Milwaukee, Atlanta, New York, Charlotte, Indianapolis, Toronto, Boston, Cleveland. So in case you're wondering who's going to win between Cleveland and Milwaukee, pretty no, pretty sure you guys know where to hedge your bets. Giannis, Giannis, Giannis. So that's where we're at is our accidental <laughs> Eastern Conference playoff breakdown. <laughs> Which would nice. be, I know we were like trying to get the Bulls thing out of our system when we'd had Jason Pat on, but would you be more upset the Bulls being at the end of the lottery and not making the playoffs in that circumstance? Like, because you're like in that like middle spot, like they were this year where they took Denzel. No, no, see this. No, <laughs> no, I can't. I, you know that 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 was what frustrated me the most about them because it was evident like about a month and a half out of the playoffs that you know they weren't going to make the playoffs and instead of just going ahead and you know cutting some of your starters loose 
they they played their butts off until the last second, and they just barely missed the playoffs. And then you get the crappiest draft pick. So there's nothing worse than missing the playoffs and getting a bad draft pick. If you're gonna if you're gonna suck, suck hard. <laughs> it's you know like the saying? guy that in, in a 14 team fantasy league drafts seventh in a snake draft. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, it's it's funny because like. You know, you feel like a bad fan, you know, wanting, but like at some point as a fan, you have to just cut your losses and be like, guys, let's tank it out. I want a draft pick, especially in this draft, which isn't going to be bad. It's, no. it's, it's a win for losing situation. Right. And yeah, exactly. they, they could pull that one off. That's right. Yeah. So with that being said, um, and that frustration that was in our Eastern Conference predictions, uh, that Alex is guaranteeing already. <laughs> Locked in. Locked in. Uh, let's go ahead and go on the side of the Western Conference. So, uh, Alex, go ahead and fill people in if you're kind of just want to reiterate what we're doing here and how this is moving forward. Yeah, so uh, last week we broke down the Eastern Conference in teams that were contending, teams that were rebuilding, and the teams that were more in the middle and kind of pretending to do a little bit of both. your retooling teams, if you will. So... We're moving on to the Western Conference. Uh, heading us up here is the Mavericks in Dallas. Ah, I say Ugh. holding pattern. I, I think they are making those weird additions where they're like, we got Andrew Bogut. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, but you're all also a year older. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the main problem with what the Mavericks did this year is they think Harrison Barnes is good at basketball? <laughs> well, he's an Olympian. <laughs> so um, I think there that's uh, that's that's problem number one. Um, when you look at the West and how good it is, I don't think that they're one of the top eight, eight teams. No, and if they are, I, I would say they may be eight. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, there, there's no way around that. They would have to be eight. There's no way they get any higher seed. And I, I was really hoping Dirk would just leave them this year, like and just let the rebuild begin. I think, you know, he's put in a great career. I mean, just go ahead and you can you can go and you can go ahead and do your Ray Allen thing for a few years. No one's going to hold it against you. You got a title with your team. Right. Uh, I was really hoping he would just join up with Golden State and be their center. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think I think that would have been real. And it was like kind of a rumored thing, like they had mutual interest, and it. Uh, it immediately like he's like nope re-signing with Mavs I'm like yeah well I don't know why I thought any differently but <laughs> you know so, I mean you you look kind of comparatively to what San Antonio's done where they've you know kind of homegrown their roster and they've grown their depth developed the depth into starters and and acquired pieces here so on and Dallas isn't really a team that's done that they no. do like oh we got Duran we have Jason Kidd we get these guys that are kind of like interchangeable, swappable parts that you just swap when they break or get too old. So what is life after Dirk and Dallas like? Harrison Barnes, their new star. Yeah, yeah that's that's it. I mean, what even what sucks even more for him this last year, this this summer, they, they only had one draft pick, and yeah. it was a second rounder, A.J. Hammonds out of Purdue, who's a senior, and he kind of... He averaged like four and four in the summer league, so he was not great at all. So, um, I, I, I don't know what they're doing. I mean, they got a bunch of old players. They have Harrison Barnes, and that 
I got Wesley Matthews, but I mean, he was, you know, I mean, he's fun. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, do you think this is a team that's still feeling the effects of not getting DeAndre Jordan? Yes. Yeah. I mean, that was a, yeah, I mean, they kind of threw all their eggs in the basket and then they dropped the basket and now they don't have any eggs. Yeah. <laughs> like that was, yeah, I mean, ugh. DeAndre Jordan was my first taste of using Twitter to be a new, be like the big scope. Like when they're like Mark Cuban, the Dallas Mavericks unfollowed DeAndre Jordan. It's like, oh, well then. <laughs> it's like, well, it's like DeAndre Jordan has been moved out of Mark Cuban's top eight friends on MySpace. <laughs> exactly, it's yeah. the same thing. It is. So, who's the next team? Let's see, so well, I'm throwing Dallas. Uh, inside of pretending but kind of hanging out and rebuilding because they are definitely just kind of holding on to shades of I think of, of what used to be sure they beat uh, the heat. what's that they beat the heat yes they did and it was yeah. beautiful so uh, staying in Texas the Houston Rockets interesting. They are interesting, but this is a team that, you know, for as much as we shit on Dwight last week for going to Atlanta, they lose Dwight. Um, they lose Terrence Jones, who, you know, isn't great by any stretch, but is a solid role player. Um, Chandler Parsons is gone now, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah he, went to, he went to Memphis, I believe. That's right. There you go. So, this is... Can James Harden score 60 points a game and win, you, win for you? That's um, it. Yeah. I'm I'm looking got, at the going over the roster right now. Uh Eric, Eric Gordon, man. Yeah, oh, that's, yeah. That's what I was gonna point out. Is is they have Gordon who could if he, you know, doesn't explode, he'll be fine. I think if he could kinda of get a good comeback year under him, him and him and Harden could be interesting. Uh Trevor Ariza is about two years too old for this team. Yeah. And I mean Nene? Montaginus. Yeah. Uh, Zeke Kwai. Thank God they got Zeke Kwai. They got Josh Smith. I mean, it's that's a real weird team. Yeah, I would say rebuilding. I don't even. I don't even agree with that. (laughs) I don't even. They're just like Dallas. They're not even rebuilding. They're just like hanging out, man. Yeah, you know they have. They have a few. Uh, the thing about the Rockets is the Rockets have a great player in James Harden. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's probably the best scorer in basketball right, right now. He's incredible. But and and I think I mentioned this on a previous pod. He's totally okay with just being that guy and losing. I think mm-hmm. I don't think he. I think he won. He he liked playing for the Thunder. I really did. But like, I think he's totally cool with just you know collecting you know one hundred and twenty million dollars and just being the best player on a team. So. James Harden's apathy just screams through his shoes. (laughs) James Harden is the NBA's Brandon Phillips where he's like, oh, you can trade me to a contender and I'll win? Nah, I make a lot of money here. It's cool. Yeah, exactly. That's a a perfect comparison. And I mean, especially if you look at, like, his commercials and his comedic acting, like, that dude, that dude has a future outside of basketball. And I I think he's kind of in that realm where he realizes that. Yeah, like he'll, he'll collect scoring titles for sure. Like, he'll oh collect, yeah, yeah, that that'll be his thing. Yeah, I, I think he's got a bright future outside of the sport, and 
I think Sean's right in saying that he's kind of, he can kind of afford to be that guy that's like, I'll take a bunch of shots and get my money. But the important question, Houston or Dallas? Houston. Yeah. Harden makes yeah. all the difference. Yeah. He's that good. Somebody call your Memphis. It's time to discuss oh. Memphis. With Mike Conley, the highest paid point guard in the game, second highest paid player in the league. Right? Uh, we didn't see that coming. Yeah. <laughs> so, the thing about Memphis, I really love their front court. I love Zebo. I'll always be a Zebo guy. Um, of course. They have the better Gasol at this point in the career, obviously. Um, uh, I don't know about that. They have Sean's favorite. <laughs> <laughs> they have Sean's favorite, Vinsanity. Yes, yes. Who I guess is going to give it another go this year. Um, he is. As you mentioned, Chandler Parsons. They're a playoff yeah, they're... team. They're a playoff team. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, this division's just so structured and boring. Right. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, it's... Uh... Yeah, I mean, they they drafted Wade Baldwin. He might be decent, but he's going to be playing, you know, behind, you know, the second highest paid player in the league. So <laughs> right. he's got he's got to be on the bench, right? So, I mean, there's I that. Don't, I do not understand that Mike Conley contract. <laughs> I, I don't understand how he ended up getting it. I don't, I don't understand why they were that loyal to him. Not only that, I, they bring Justin Timberlake in to do, like, the, like the Please Come Home video. <laughs> Well, I mean, I, it's, I, it... go on, Sean. Oh, uh, yeah. Go ahead, Sean. Well, I mean, it, it's I just think it's funny because, you know, five years ago I was saying the same thing when they signed Mike Conley to a far lesser deal, but still thinking the same thing. Like, man, you're paying a lot of money for Mike Conley, <laughs> and, and now they're doing it at an astronomical level, and I, I don't get it. He's never made an All Star team. He maybe we just don't get made it. an all-star team. Like maybe, I mean, yeah. maybe we just don't understand. Like maybe he's really I, charming. I don't know. Like, <laughs> well, you know, Zebo's a year older. Marcus Alls had lingering foot problems. I like Chandler Parsons a lot. He does not help this team that much, though. I mean, it finally gives them a three. I mean, they've been hanging out with some weird guys over the last few years at the three spot. So, I mean, I think it's a, he's a solid choice. But you know, I. You know, I, I don't know. They still have Vince. They got Tony Allen. You know, and I, his better days are behind him. I don't really know yeah. what this team's doing at all. So I'm, I'm hoping their draft picks are good. That's all I can say. So Memphis or Dallas? Memphis. Memphis or Houston? Memphis. Memphis. Yeah. There's chemistry there, man. Yeah. And I, no, I, I don't, I don't discount it. I think they're a playoff team. I think they're like maybe five or six in the West. God, if that's true, the NBA sucks. <laughs> I mean, well, yeah. Shut the show down. There's three good teams last year, if you remember, Sean. There were three good teams. I know, and it was it was you know it was a completely unremarkable season besides Golden State winning all those games and Cleveland winning a title. Like that was it, man. <laughs> like, you could have just convinced, like condensed the NBA season into the playoffs, <laughs> and more specifically <laughs> the finals, right? Completely. Yeah. So, uh, shooting downtown from Browtown, the New Orleans Pelicans. The New Englands? Is that what you said? New Orleans. I said Orleans. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I just said the new Sorry. England, so I'm like... I just, no, no, I, I slur when I get a mouthful of Cajun seasoning. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, does this team have anyone besides... Well, now Buddy Heald. They bring in Terrence Jones. Anthony Davis is there. I don't think it matters. No, they... I, I think they they hit their ceiling and they hit it very hard and very quickly. With Monty. Yeah, it's it. They, they almost not to go back to another New Orleans team, but they kind of remind me of that Hornets team when it was Byron Scott, Chris Paul, Tyson Chandler, and David West, where you kind of see them have this breakout season and everyone's like, "Oh my God!" Like they are the future, and then the next year they're like, "No, we're not." Well, you got to think, <laughs> man. If you go back to when they got swept by Golden State last year, like, if it weren't for Anthony Davis, they're not in any of those games. Like, they no, swept not... them, but he made it look like it was a series. Yeah. I mean, he's that good of a player. He's yeah. that level of a talent, and you're kind of surrounded him. I mean, not garbage, and this is the NBA, but you're not giving him anything else to really help him win, unless Buddy Heel turns out to be that. I'm I'm hoping Buddy Heald does. I, I'm I'm hoping he has some sort of you know James Harden kind of impact with this team because they are a team that desperately needs to be good for like the next two seasons desperately or they will lose Anthony Davis. Yeah, and sure. and, and I don't know who the New Orleans Pelicans are without Anthony Davis because they're such a weird team because they used to be the Hornets. Hornets moved back to, you know, are in Charlotte again. Right. And and there is nothing there for anyone. I don't know anyone who is who would think in their right mind, man, I want to go sign for the Pelicans. I want to play in New Orleans, you know, with Kendrick Perkins and Omar Sheik, you know. Those are two are guys the NBA still the team. <laughs> what was that? Does the NBA still own what? the Pelicans? That's a good question. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I want to say they don't. I, I I think that's been that's been they've been sold to someone, um, but you know I I don't know nor do I care. <laughs> so so Fair uh, <laughs> we're saying New Orleans and New Orleans or Dallas. Mm, New Orleans, yeah. If, depending yeah. on Anthony Davis's health, right. So New Orleans or Houston. James Harden still makes a difference. <laughs> But did the did the Rockets make the playoffs last year? I think they did. Did they? Okay. I don't know why I'm, I'm thinking they didn't make it. Okay. Yeah. We are not giving any love to Dallas. <laughs> They're terrible. We're rounding up its Texas Bermuda Triangle. The Tim Duncanless San Antonio Spurs. Gotta love them, man. Gotta love them. Yeah. Still great. Yeah. I mean, Powell was a huge addition for that team. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, Kawhi is unbelievable. Correct. Continues to get better offensively. So and that's... they got him for a song and George Hill. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. That's like highway robbery. That's like a Sam Bradford trade almost. Like, like the Pacers could have had pre, pre-knee injury Danny Granger, Paul George, and Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> Yeah. That's yeah. insane. They have a very solid team. And the kid that oh, brought yeah. in this year, the point guard they drafted, to kind of like work under Tony Parker for a year or two is really good too. And honestly, Popovich is only going to make him better. 
Because that's right. what he does. Right. He is... I think Popovich is just, like, fulfilling his role as the NBA's giver. Right. Like, I think we... that's just... He's just going to assume this mantle. The NBA is going to go all to black and white. He's going to live in a mountain waiting for the next Popovich to come along so he can pass off the world's <laughs> knowledge. <laughs> His kid, well, yeah, we, his, his kid's on his staff, isn't he? he he's gonna, he's gonna hand all the knowledge off to Brad Stevens. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, Spurs are probably gonna run away with this division. Are we, are we talking about Dejounte Murray when we're talking about their new point guard? Yeah. Okay. How was he in the, uh, in the tournament last year? I thought he played. I mean, he played really well, and he was like a pick that like. You know, on draft night, there's this, like, when, like, this, like Chad Ford's like, oh, that that's okay, I guess. Like, Chad Ford was like, oh, my God, I love this pick. That's the guy. What a huge boot for the Spurs. This guy's going to fill in for Tony Parker. So you had to think it was like, okay, so Murray's going to run this point, run this offense soon. That's Yeah, I mean, and he's tall, too. He's six foot five. I mean, that, he's got great size for a point guard. Keep your eye on him, listeners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, the Spurs are far and away the highest-ranking Western Conference team we've had, so I've got to pair them against Eastern people. (laughs) So, the Spurs are not better than Cleveland. No. We're saying that. So, but they're better than probably any team in the East, yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so, I'm just going to throw them. I love Toronto, but I don't think Toronto could hang with them in four games. No, I agree completely. So we're going San Antonio, Memphis, Houston, New Orleans, Dallas. Yeah, about right. Yeah, can't really disagree there. Uh, so that brings us to the Denver Nuggets. Um, I I say rebuild. Completely there rebuild. I love Jamal Murray. I think he'll be a really good player for the Nuggets for, for the foreseeable future. Um. What is Danilo Gallinari going to do for them? You know, he's been solid when he's played. Sure. So, so and then your your favorite player, Alex Kenneth Fareed, what's his future there? Uh, well, when we had uh, our Nuggets preview, not bright. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, I think it was predicted that he wouldn't make it through the season, mm-hmm. I believe. So, uh, which is interesting because if you actually look up his stats for his career, he's relatively consistent. So when people yeah. talk about like dip and everything, it's interesting to see that his numbers itself haven't really gone down in terms of production. It's just, I guess, per the money, he's not putting up what they expected. Fair enough. Yeah, he's he's hit a wall, you know. I mean, and he hit the wall a year or two ago, and it's not, he's not gonna. Like you said, his stats haven't dropped off considerably or anything. They've kind of tapered off a little tiny bit, but he's yeah. out. He's he's going to be a good backup on a team someplace. I don't know where. San Antonio. <laughs> San, San Antonio. Popovich is just out there with a lasso. <laughs> just like, I want you and you and those titles. <laughs> and I will take them. Yes. Yeah, so... Denver, Denver's in a tough spot. Uh, probably not going to look too hot this year. Probably going to go through some changes. Uh, definitely a team that's on the rebuild. Now, all aboard they, the hype train. But they got that center guy from the Olympics. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Let's talk yeah. About, yeah. Let's, let's get excited about that, guys. We forgot it's about true. him. We did. Yeah, we did. He, he's there. 
He was like third rookie of the yeah. year voting. So I yeah, mean, the, yeah. So I mean, that, that's something they can hang their hat on. <laughs> Rebuild is still the point, but they have things right. to look forward to. Yeah, yeah. Especially if he pans out the way that he's looking. Especially when John Mulmurray realizes he's too good to be there, right? <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. So, uh, Minnesota. Love them. Love them. Lo- love them to pieces. Right. Um, lo- I love them on paper. Yes. Yeah. I think that, yeah. I mean, we obviously know what Wiggins is, and he's. I feel like he's only going to get better. Um, I think Towns you can already consider if you draft in a fantasy draft next year, you might want to take him in the first round because he's going to be a stuffer there. I love Chris Dunn. I, I think Sean and I have both said we felt like Brandon Abrams could be rookie of the year. I take that back immediately because I think Chris Dunn's going to be a bigger bigger part of that team. Um, my big question for them is what do they get out of Ricky Rubio, if anything, this year? Mm-hmm. Um, but a, t- a Tibbs team that's going to have young talent and still going to have the big ticket as a, as a mentor to these younger players, you have to like the pieces are kind of coming together. And I think there might be a, player, a, a couple players away, maybe a player or two. Maybe like a Paul Millsap. <laughs> right. I, I, I think that Tom Thibodeau, I mean, when we look back at when he took over the Bulls, the Vinny Del Nero-led Bulls, he was taking that team, and he was gifted a good team, a really good team. And Absolutely. He knew exact, and he knew exactly what to do with them. And that was a team that barely made the playoffs both seasons. Um, the Timberwolves haven't made the playoffs because the West is so good and they've been pretty terrible over the last few years, but I I honestly think he could get them to the playoffs this year in just one season. I think he I think he, he has all of the tools to do it. I agree. So, so I, would I you don't say know, that though. we are crowning the era of the Tom Timberwolves? <laughs> oh man. Oh man. Ha-ha! Yes. Yes, so we it, are. It, in the mess of everything, though, who do you go, Minnesota or Houston? Minnesota. M- Minnesota-Memphis? Ooh. No. I like no. I like Towns and in, in Towns and Zebo. Right. I like that matchup a lot. But, but who you got? Towns. Sean, who you taking, Minnesota or Memphis? Memphis. Ooh. Oof. So they're just kind of middling here. Yeah. They're hard to pinpoint, man. Oh, I agree. I agree. But what to do about Oklahoma City? Still a playoff team. Mm-hmm. Still. <laughs> barely. <laughs> um, for everything they got from Orlando, you got to like them. Yeah. But obviously, there's gonna be a giant hole inside that, that seven foot three player they have. That's pretty. That won an MVP once or twice, and so the best point guard in the league. Sure. Uh, I like Adams. I like Cantor. Um, I like Sabonis. I like them bringing in Old Depot, but I don't think that's enough talent to really be a competitor. I mean, if they were in the East, they'd be set. Right. And I even like Billy Donovan, but I, I just don't think that, you know, I don't know. I just don't think they have it anymore, man. I think, like, Durant mattered that much to them. I mean, it'll, Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I think I think they're going to 
they're going to make the playoffs, and I think they're going to put on a hell of a show. I think they have some really solid pieces that, like, you know, Steven Adams, I don't know, I don't think he's reached the top of his game by no. any, you know, and he's really good. I think Russell Westbrook's really good. Oladipo is a great young talent. They have Enos Cantor. I I think they could flip some more pieces and get a small forward who can play, someone who's not going to obviously be Kevin Durant, but sure. they could get somebody solid with the pieces they have to to win some basketball games. I think they're going to be a little bit better than people expect. So. Oh, yeah. I, I think Westbrook's going to have a chip on his shoulder. I mean, Tim's made the prediction oh. that the MVP prediction uh, – He's definitely going to be a fantasy favorite. It's it's yeah. going to be inter- interesting to see how many shots it's going to take for him to get the points he needs, though. Yeah. yeah. Because that that's going to be a situation where I think he could very well shoot them out of games, too, as much as he will keep them and bring them into them as well. They're, they're one injury away with Westbrook from not making the playoffs at all and becoming a lottery team. Right. I mean, that's that's that his health is it counts for everything this season. They have no backup plan at all. So and that'll be interesting to see to see if like he adjusts his game at all to that to try and stay healthy because he knows that Moore's riding on it. You know, I don't I don't think he will. He's crazy. No, I don't think he's, he can afford to. I think I think he's probably like in terms of like being competitive. I think he's probably top two or top three in the league. I I. I love the chip on his shoulder that he always plays with. He is a, you know, he's a guy who's just, he, there's very few people that have the, the drive that what Russell Westbrook has. Agreed. So. Yeah. So, not San Antonio level, but better than Memphis. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There's a ruckus going on outside, and I have no idea what's going on. Whole bunch of noise. So... Uh, Portland Trailblazers. Yes! Do it. Talk them. Um, obviously, there is uh, the biggest fantasy steal in the history of all time when Alex drafted Damian Lillard in our draft in the last round. Thank you, Steve Kerr's commentary on whatever year of NBA 2K his rookie season was. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do like them, I do like them keeping CJ McCollum. Uh, mm-hmm. I, you know, they did bring in Festus Azili to be on this team. Well, I like Azili a lot, actually. I don't think he's a great player, but I think he's going to do some good things for them still. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Is Wesley Matthews still there? No. He, oh, or he went no. to Dallas. That's right. I'm dumb. Yeah. <laughs> but Lillard alone is enough to really like this team. When you bring these other guys in, obviously it's going to be help. And obviously I'm biased because my boy Pat Connaughton plays for this team. So right. That, you that, are biased. Yes, completely. So this is my Western Conference team. At least one of my teams will be in the playoffs. Hey, you got that going for you, which is nice, right? Yeah. They have so, a big, uh, they're very they're very stacked in terms of, you know, they have a very <laughs> solid built team. I mean, Evan Turner is going to be backing up Amino. Um they've got Shabazz Napier, he's going to be backing up Damian Lillard. I mean, I I I think they have some some really decent pieces here. Looking at this roster, I think they're going to be. Uh, they overachieved last year, though. Yeah, completely. Yeah, but it, but it was awesome. It was totally awesome, and it was kind of like a we're going to show that we're not just you know a team that's good because we had Lamarcus Aldridge. 
Right, and, and th- that's a very salient that. point because, I mean, that was the point I was going to mention too, was like, especially given what they've lost kind of since they've gotten Damian Lillard. Right. Because, I mean, J.J. Hickson's been gone, Aldridge is gone, and they've still managed to stay relevant. And Lillard, Lillard has done, I think, at a very young step in his career what Russell Westbrook has to do this year, yeah. where it's very much a, okay, this is my team now. And yeah. he gets it. I mean, he, that dude, we talked about playing with a chip on your shoulder. Damian Lillard does. He's such a special yes. talent. Like, um, I know this is like an era of point guards, but like, you're hard-pressed when you list off point guards to not mention him in your first three or four names. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's definitely up there. I mean, he's not Kyrie Russell, but I think he's a very good third. Yeah, I agree. Because I don't consider Steph a point guard. (laughs) He is is point god. (laughs) Right, yeah. That is is Steph Curry. Steph Curry is a point guard. True statement. All right, so who you got, Portland or Minnesota? I like Portland. Portland. Yeah, that's fair. I like that. Sean, it's time to talk your favorite Western Conference team. Yay, what are we talking about? We are talking about the antagonists to your beloved Boston Celtics and Celtic pride. We are talking (laughs) jazz, jazz, jazz. So, Sean, are they bringing the good crap? (laughs) I think there's like like maybe one listener for this pod this week that might get Just that reference <laughs> besides besides us but that's uh <laughs> i don't i don't like this team at all no. No. <laughs> did you, did, hey, fun, hey, fun, fun fact fun fact guys joe johnson is now part of the jazz <laughs> <Yes. laughs> yeah, we talked about that last week where i said there was too many jays <laughs> there's too many jays man i mean i mean it's, it's just call jazz <laughs> I mean, they, they. I mean, Gordon Hayward is he's whatever. I, I, I think he'd be. A, oh, okay, okay, hold on. He's hold whatever. On. No, Gordon Hayward's whatever. He is. He is better than whatever because he he has surpassed the expectations that were held by those before him, like the Adam okay. Morrisons and the okay. Keith Van Horns. Like he is. I, I will give him that. I completely agree with that statement. Yes, I mean he did he's not have that weird, but that weird white guy curse, you know, that he was doomed to have. But you know, you know where he needs to go and play. You know what would I, I think a great place for him to be would be Memphis. <laughs> what did you say? Atlanta. I said Atlanta. <laughs> Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. He's for Paul Millsap. So All right. <laughs> yeah, they'll get him back. It'll make so much sense. Yeah. I mean, they got. No, throw him in Boston. <laughs> Put him back with Brad Stevens, and just let let the two of them do their thing and and make Boston great again. Yeah, I I I don't really know what to think of it. Dante Exum's coming off an ACL injury. He played not that wonderful in his rookie season. I don't I don't know what to make of him. He's a tall point guard and. He might be. He was one of those guys. He got drafted real high, and it was like he could be really, really good, or this could be a mistake. There was right. only like that was it. And they have Rudy Gobert, who is uh, one of the best young big men in the game. He is fantastic. Uh, they have Derek Favors. Uh, he's pretty great. But besides that, uh, a lot to be desired. Rodney yeah. Hood. He's kind of he's kind of peaked. I think already. I don't you know. 
Now that I say that, though, he'll probably have some ridiculous season, but... Yeah, because he's listening. Hi, Rodney. <laughs> because he's listening. Hey, exactly, exactly. We're is just that... here to fire you up. Don't they have so... What's that? They have Kentucky player, too, right? Like, they're not like not like Sacramento and Phoenix level, but somewhat level? Uh, they, they, have... they drafted Cantor. Well, yeah, yeah. but he's in... That was the last I remember. Yeah, they have no Kentucky guys okay. right now. Never mind. Yeah. Think of someone else. Sorry, everybody. Yeah. Sorry. Never mind. I don't like him anymore. <laughs> exactly. We're like poo tall jazz. <laughs> these, so, these guys. Uh, these guys aren't going to make the playoffs. No. no. Utah or Dallas? Oof. Dallas. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm going to give Dallas this one. I'm going to. I'm going to give them <laughs> just a little bit. Utah or Denver? Ooh. Oh. I'm going to give it to Denver. Damn. So right now Utah is right in the back of the Western Conference. Yeah. As they should. Man. <laughs> Just because they don't like music doesn't mean that... <laughs> okay, so... Should we skip Golden State? Should we talk Golden State? Should we talk the fact that they got Durant and David West? Should we talk about the fact that the runner-ups with the best record in NBA history got that much better? I think you discovered it. I, I kind of want to hit on that David West signing again. Well, don't forget that Steven Jackson, Jermaine O'Neal might be on this team this year, too. That would Pretty be so great. That David West signing. Because <laughs> that, that is, I think, that is the... I, I We harp on this every episode, but that, I think that was the James Posey signing. As if Durant getting Durant wasn't big enough, when you're like, oh, we got David West, too. That man is the Will Smith of basketball. Is he it, does not get older. Is it because David? You're saying that David West is the James Posey? Is it because they both went to Xavier? Oh, good connection. Oh, I didn't even think yeah. about that. No, but I will say that it's because I, in the '03 draft, I said David West was the third best player in that draft, and he was. Yes, he was. <laughs> yes, behind LeBron James and Kirk Heinrich. So. <laughs> We've gotten Golden State covered. <laughs> this is interesting. I, I'm excited to hear you guys' take on this one. Uh, the the new big dogs in Los Angeles. The Clippers. The old clip ship. Um, first off, they have the guy I think would be the perfect bull in JJ because, God, we all know the Bulls need a shooter. Um, yes. I love JJ Redick. I've been a fan for a long time. Um, but I really don't like the Clippers. I think they're a really good basketball team. Um, they have a lot of talent Don't they there. they just come across real smug? Yes, yes. That's not even, like I like Doc Rivers, and I still don't yeah. like this team. <laughs> like, right. um, like anyone who tries to tell me Blake Griffin has improved his offensive game as a jump shot, now I still laugh at. Um, I, I mean, obviously, any team that has Chris Paul is going to be competitive. Right. I think I had them when I did my like way too early projection. I thought I had them as like a three or four in the West. I just don't think they're as good as a Golden State and San Antonio, but I think sure. they're right underneath that because they have a lot of good talent. Guys like DeAndre, obviously, and guys like, even though I just dogged on him, Blake can still bring a lot to a team, and I like yeah. Chris Paul, and I like J.J. Redick a lot, and I think those four alone are a pretty good ball club. I'm, oh, uh, I'm going to sell high on them this year. I'm gonna say this is my this is actually my bold prediction for the Ooh. Western Conference. Damn, get ready. I, I think they're the number two best team next year. I think okay. they'll get the number two seed. 
and I just think I think I I think I think they're due. I think they're due, and I I think people are writing them off, and I think they're going to be pissed off, and I think they're just going to do something this year. I don't know what that is. I don't know how they're going to get better, but I just they're a close knit group, and uh, I. I, I just have a good feeling about him this year, so I'm gonna I'm gonna sell high on those guys. I will take so, your two seed, and I will say JJ Reddick makes him a two seed. Damn it! Right. So, are you guys saying that the LA Clippers will get a two seed uh, with a record of seventy four and eight <laughs> uh... to walk away with now these? What would be the second best record in NBA history? I'm gonna go ahead and say Golden State's gonna go eighty three and zero. <laughs> they're gonna, they're gonna win a, there's gonna be a preseason game that counts. Um, I think the Clippers could probably win 61 games this year. That's fair. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. That's that's good. Bold. Getting bold on the Clippers. Getting bold. This might be their year for the Western Conference Finals. <laughs> What's that like? <laughs> well. Let's go down the street to the same arena. (laughs) (laughs) The old Lakers. Like what they're building, like the young talent they're bringing together, nowhere near ready. Love Luke Walton running the team, like D'Angelo Russell, like Julius Randle, like bringing in Brandon Ingram. I even like them bringing in Luol Deng to be kind of their veteran leader. Uh, Larry Nance Jr. has been good for this team. Um, I like Jordan Clarkson. I mean, like I said, I like their talent. I just, they're not ready. Mm-mm. I I agree 100. percent I I do not see them making any noise in the Western Conference. I think it's just going to be a, a few off years for the Lakers and Lakers fans to take a break. Maybe try on and the old red and white a little bit. And that you know that's okay. I think they struck out this summer by not getting Whiteside. Yeah. I I think they probably thought they might be a shoe in for him. And I think he would have made this team a lot better. Uh, getting Luol Ding is, is great for this team. Like like Tim said, I think he's going to bring in some veteran leadership. Um, they have a lot of nice pieces. Oh, and, yeah. But they are a solid three years away from the playoffs, though, yeah. the way that they're currently constructed. And someone's going to have to go. Like, I don't – they have so many young guys – you know, I I kind of briefly kind of went over this with uh, Harrison Fagan when he was on doing the podcast for the Lakers a few weeks back. But uh, D'Angelo Russell and Jordan Clarkson, they're both people say Jordan Clarkson. I mean, he he can swing both ways. He could be a point guard or a shooting guard, but I I really think he is a point guard. Mm-hmm. And uh, so is D'Angelo Russell. So something's got to give right there. I think, um, but. Besides that, I think I think you I, I think you keep D'Angelo Russell. I think you ship off Jordan Clarkson. He's a great player, but I I think that you put your chips in that basket. And if Brandon Ingram, you know, is able to get some minutes this year behind Lou Aldang, um, I I think he's going to develop into something good too. So they're losers. <laughs> this <season>. Jesus, <laughs> the Los Angeles losers. It's like, yeah, I mean, they got a lot of good things going for them, but, you know, just fuck them. <laughs> that's, 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 that's all you can say about it. I mean, they signed Timothy Mozgov to be their their center. He's going to be behind the entire pack of the Lakers, and he's going to be like, I'll, I'll be right there, guys. I got I to gotta break something. Listen to, right. listen so. to this illustrious list. 
Kareem. Yes. I mean, Wilt, Kareem, Shaq, Mozgov. Mozgov. It sound. I mean, it flows. <laughs> yes. That sounds good. It sounds good to me. I think that's a legacy. <laughs> so... The Lakers are on a bus, and they walk to the back seat, and the Utah Jazz are sitting on that seat. Do the Lakers tell the Jazz to get up? No. No. Because no. Joe, Joe Johnson leads the Utah Jazz. Please, <laughs> just no. by Just by that. Ugh, <laughs> uh, man. Remember when he was a free agent get in 2010? Dude, remember, like, when he almost went to Cleveland in 2015 when, they cut up, when he got cut in the middle of the year? Oh, God, yeah. Joe Johnson, man, what a great shot he has! Yeah, totally. He, he had a he had a really good couple of years when the Hawks were were blowing up. He was a lot of he was a lot of things that that I think the Hawks fans could have been excited about with Joe Johnson. One thing that we didn't discuss, and we'll uh, we we can go over this real fast, just kind of recapping the Rockets here. Uh, we didn't mention Mike D'Antoni as the coach of the Rockets now. That's right, he is. Um, so Mike D'Antoni is the coach of the Rockets. Yeah. Yes, he is. Remember when he coached Kobe? Briefly. Yeah. Yeah, it's... it's it, Mike D'Antoni's interesting, because he's kind of got that weird Byron Scott syndrome, where he brought in this new like way to play basketball where Byron Scott had the pick and roll that no one was doing so they didn't know how to guard it he had the 7 seconds or less with D'Antoni and the Suns and then one day the league was just like oh that's how you do it and exactly. it just yeah and I, it was one of those scenarios where I feel like once they got fi- once the league figured it out it they stopped being good because that was what they were hanging their hat on did he have Lynn Sanity? Yeah. Was he New York's coach for Lynn Sanity? Yes. That's, yes, he was. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I don't even think he liked Lynn Sanity, though. No. Like, I, I, think, I think, like, I mean, that was such a that was such a fluke, and they were, like, so, like, okay with letting him leave. Mm-hmm. So, because they knew that his magical powers only existed at, at Madison Square Garden. <laughs> exactly. So, they were like, bye-bye. Madison Square Garden's is opposite kryptonite. It only he's only healthy and good and like powerful there. Yeah. So he's Reggie Miller. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ha 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 Phoenix. Um. I didn't oh, have a segue for them. You mean the Kentucky Wildcats? <laughs> right. So do they beat the Sixers? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That actually. was the stupidest fucking argument. I think they do beat the Sixers. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, Devin. Obviously, I mean, I think, I think we all think the sky is kind of the limit for Devin Booker. Uh, we talked about that a few weeks ago with Owen Sanborn. Um, they have a little bit of like you know, a a it's backed up a little between Knight and Bledsoe, and every Kentucky guard we can potentially name here. So uh, I don't think that they're a playoff team, but I think mm-hmm. they have some good pieces, and uh, I think that. Devin Booker's going to continue to become a star in this league. I'll give you that. I think yeah. Phoenix Phoenix has some stuff to look forward to. It's completely hinging on whether or not I think those pieces come together. I think it's one thing to have the pieces. It's another for them to meld and work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's going to be a good test for them. It's kind of like... I think this year Phoenix is going to see how their soup tastes. Yeah. And... There's, I think it's like a 50-50 chance that 
it tastes good. It'll be interesting. It could be cool. Yeah. Well, I it could think be a disaster. I mean, I think it's. It, I, I mentioned this before too. I think they're kind of in the same situation as the Lakers, where they have two really good point guards, mm-hmm. and one of them is playing the off guard. You know, and I, I don't know if Eric Bledsoe and Brandon Knight are the future backcourt of the Suns. I think I they need. I think someone's going to have to go. I don't know which one they're going to pick. I would keep Bledsoe if he stays healthy, obviously. I think he's ridiculously good. Um, but um, they got that Marquise Chris guy who's yeah. coming in. And he's. I think he's going to be kind of a sleeper this year. So, And like we talked about with Owen Sanborn, like they're more excited about probably getting him than probably Dragon Bender at this point, you know? And, yeah. But if Dragon Bender is good, I mean that's that's a huge plus for them. So oh yeah, uh, they they've I mean they've got some really nice pieces, um, and yeah, but their whole future depends on Devin Booker. Period. <laughs> so yeah. So we're rounding out the Western Conference. We've come to an end. You could almost say we're putting a crown on it. Ha uh-huh. ha. The Kings, uh, yeah. Yes! Yeah. Are you talking about the Cincinnati Royals? <laughs> <laughs> oh, kind <yes>. of. <laughs> kind of. So, so, I think the I think the, the first three episodes of the Corner 3, it could have been, Welcome to the Corner 3 podcast, please God trade to Marcus Cousins. Yes. <laughs> and the remaining 11 have been, Corner 3 is brought to you by Paul Millsap. <laughs> <laughs> um. I feel so bad for DeMarcus Cousins because, like, everyone complains about his attitude problem. If you look at every team he's had, I think his best player that he's had there in his, was it, six years now, has been Rajon Rondo as far as running mate. You could probably make an argument for Rudy Gay for, like, the first couple years. Um, But they're terrible. They're still terrible. They are a mess. Their front office has no idea what they're doing. They're, like, a worse front office than the Bulls, which is saying something. And, um, yeah, so I think that you can put them at the back of that of said bu- of Western Conference bus. All right, so Utah's getting up. Utah <laughs> has to relinquish their seat. Oh, yeah. Is oh, that yeah. what we're saying? I think the Kings might be the worst team in uh, the Western Conference. I think so, too. Well, I mean, that, I, that is what we have stated, actually, just now. Yeah, they're, they're, they are bad. I mean... Rudy Gay has openly said he has no idea what they're doing. <laughs> I mean, he, like he's like he's like, yeah, I don't know. I just go work every day, and they draft a uh, Scal Labissier, who was kind of a, you know, he was supposed to be like this big guy coming into Kentucky, and he was so 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 if that, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, so they draft him, uh, Ben McLemore. I I don't know if he gets any better ever. No. Uh, yeah. I thought Willie Colley Stein would have really helped them last year, but he did not. Um, but who knows? He might he might be able to do something this season. I don't I don't know. I'm, I'm not a fortune teller, but that's why we're here. And so, don't forget, right. Ty Lawson's back. Well, not back, but you yes. know what I mean. Yes, yes, thank he is. God. <laughs> Just to make things a little bit more dysfunctional for him, you know. <laughs> Just as if it's like before when you thought you didn't know what they were doing, they signed Ty Lawson. Darren Collison's still there, though, right? Yeah, he'll back up Lawson. Yeah, or he'll back up Collison. I'm sorry, he'll back up Collison. Yeah. I don't think Ty Lawson will start. So. You hope not. 
No, there's no, there's no way he does. There's no way. So, so is that the, is that our Western Conference there? That that is. I will. Uh, I'll I'll tally all of these up that aren't scores, and uh, <laughs> next week we'll have we'll have the whole playoffs down. But Tim, you like halls. Houses have halls. There's a Hall of Fame coming up. <laughs> nice. That was really well done. Right? Who doesn't love shitty segues? Yeah. So, yeah, um, this week we're kind of touched a little bit. There's been a lot of discussion. It's the Basketball Hall of Fame induction this week, which of the major sports and, you know, the three major sports for some reason gets the, less, gets the least amount of attention um, because no one talks about one day he'll be in Springfield. Like they say, one day that guy will be in Canton or one day that guy will be in Cooperstown. You know, whatever. Um, so what's really cool about this class is, one, this is Team Reebok getting in the Hall of Fame this year. Shaq Iverson and Yao Ming. Um, I'll talk about that in a second. And then two, this is like really that early 2000s group. Like, like you know, some of the three biggest like representatives of that time frame there. Um, obviously, Iverson being, you know, who he was. And the score and the guy who brought the hip-hop culture to the NBA and, you know, was one of the main reasons the dress code was enforced. Shaquille O'Neal being the guy that really... Um, Change how a big man plays basketball, and then Yao Ming, who brought this huge bridge of international play from China to to the NBA, and just did amazing things for the Rockets. And was, I mean, a really good player, and you can saw from the get go. Um, so, you know, there are other induction uh, inductees with this team, but probably guys we can't really tell you about as much about as we do these guys. So, um, Sean, you know, being our historian here, uh, I, I know we'll probably end this discussion talking about Shaq and everything he meant to the game. But when you look back on guys like Iverson and Yao Ming, um, either one specifically you want to take, feel free. You know, what do you remember about these guys? What do you remember like what they brought to the game? And you know, this so deservedly point of becoming Hall of Famers. Well, Yao was big before he even got here. Right. I mean, I I remember when he got drafted. I mean, it was such everybody was making such a big deal about it, and he was just as big, you know, I mean, he totally fulfilled all expectations his first few seasons in the NBA. I thought he was fantastic. Um, Obviously, he was too tall to play basketball. (laughs) And his feet were like, nah, nah, you too tall. I can't support this payload. But he was was so good when he was healthy. he could shoot the ball. He could. I mean, he could rebound. He could post up. He he could do anything. He was a monster, and I loved him. But uh, there were so many Rockets playoff oh, God, seasons yeah. where he wasn't. He wasn't. He would be injured, or Tracy McGrady would be injured, or they'd both be playing and they'd still lose. Um, <laughs> so, and it was. I, I I looking back at some of those teams they had. I I think they would just wipe the floor of some of the NBA guys that are out there now. I mean, yeah. they were, oh, yeah. they, they were constructed very well. They had some just great teams and, uh, it was a shame. They were, it, Yao's one of those big what ifs, but his, his cultural significance, um, like you said, to, you know, to bring, bring the, bring the NBA to like global, you know, yeah. 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 Variety. I mean, it's it that that alone. I mean, even if if he would have not been as good as he was, uh, I, I still think he's a Hall of Famer just because of that. I think he's he's one of the the best, you know, non-American NBA players that ever played the game or brought anything to the game, and uh, just bringing the entire country of China 
to basketball. I mean, it, it's incredible what he did. I, I remember we had we had this conversation, but I think probably eight or nine years ago. I asked, I was like, "Do you think Yao Ming's a Hall of Famer?" And we kind of sat on it for a minute, and it was kind of the same thing you just said, where just contributions to the league alone, like basketball career itself aside, what his contributions to the game outside as like an ambassador for it, it just completely speaks for itself. Like that, that is always going to be Yao Ming's body of work. Yeah, he's tall. Yes, he was the first foreign number one draft pick and everything, but it's... It's definitely, I think, what he contributed outside of the court itself is what really propels his Hall of Fame. Yes. Yeah, and he was also, like, the first international player to sign a huge shoe deal, which, like, obviously shoe deals are big now, but, like, then, like, shoe deals were, like, sometimes a better market for yourself than, like, your pro team you played for. And when he signed, mm-hmm. he signed a huge shoe at Reebok, had a Reebok signature shoes that are still sold over there, and that was a huge thing for them. Um, but... You know, that kind of transitions here to Iverson, where Reebok doesn't have an athlete like Iverson. Like, um, you know, like I mentioned, he ultimately, like, the A6 commercial, he brought hip-hop to the NBA, really, and, like, made that transition. Um, We talked about when we did our top ten and not win a title. Alex, you know, made the mention that he's the fastest player we've probably ever seen play in the NBA. And he was a guy that when you look at a team around him, he brought a lot of teams to the playoffs. Like, if you look at that team that played that Laker team, in the one finals, and they didn't have yeah. bad. They didn't have bad players. I mean, like Eric Snow's not a bad player. Dikembe Mutombo wasn't Dikembe that we saw for years in Denver and places before. But, sure, um, you know Iverson brought that team to the finals. Really, like he, you know, that was his MVP year. He was unbelievable. He won scoring titles. He won. He was an All Star. Uh, had a weird, like, not necessarily drop off, but like that time frame of like leaving Philly. Going to Denver, and then those weird bounce arounds like Detroit, Detroit for a little while, three, three games in Memphis, going back to Philly, and then um, just an odd, odd thing, just like a weird fall off <clears throat> for him. Played a, played a little bit over in Greece, but like I don't know if the NBA sans Michael Jordan in this in this like in our era of like really watching the NBA has really had such an athlete that was such transitional as Allen Iverson. Uh, it's it's interesting. I, I you you rattled you said something and I kind of sparked something in my head. So just bear with me here. Uh, I, Iverson's kind of like the first post Jordan Jordan. Yeah, I think like yeah. there was Kobe and everything, but Kobe was kind of like on the cusp. Like he was almost at the top of the mountain. Iverson was the top of the mountain, but there wasn't a player because Iverson had the style, he had the charisma, he had the flash, the flair, the talent. Uh, but you you rattled off some players on the team that you took to the finals, and it reminds me a lot of what Cleveland was trying to do with LeBron mm-hmm. before LeBron yeah. left for Miami. And I was going to raise the question: Iverson, you you mentioned his his drop off, like numbers wise and everything like that. And if we were to accredit that to having to carry so many like below average teams into the finals from talent alone, if LeBron stayed in Cleveland and never did this time in Miami and was still kind of surrounded with mediocre teams to, that he would have to will to the finals. Does LeBron suffer a numbers drop-off because he puts himself in a physical, like, in, in a state of that could, like, physically risk him for having to carry a team? And it's almost, I feel like, Iverson could be bizarro LeBron. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Where, 
Where yeah. if LeBron didn't go, hey, I'm going to go to Miami where it's not going to be so hard. Well, if if he didn't have that time there, if we could be saying the same thing. I I think the the Eastern Conference Championship, um, Cleveland Cavaliers, the time that they went up against the the Spurs. I I don't think they're as good as yeah. that Philly team was. Uh, they were phenom- they were a phenomenal group, and it was it was a, like it, it's a weird group of guys. I mean, you look back at that; it's a very strange group of dudes who who. But Allen Iverson pretty much single handedly pulled them into the finals and during his MVP season. And I mean, he was phenomenal. And like Tim said, um, I do kind of agree he with the shoe deal and everything. He, he was one of those guys. I remember watching him in the 1997, uh, Schick rookie game. Yeah. And, and he wore the, I'll never forget this. He wore the Reebok headband and I immediately the next weekend dragged my dad out to All About Sports, rest in peace, uh, to get me a Reebok headband. And I, I mean, I, I wanted to be Allen Iverson. I mean, he was the coolest thing since Jordan. And Jordan was still playing, and he was still the top of his game. But he was so new and so cool, and you loved yeah. everything that he did. And uh, the shoes that they brought out for – this is another kind of funny, weird off-topic story. The question ones with the blue on the top, mm-hmm. um, those ended up spawning a bunch of um, spinoff shoes from Reebok Classic that also had the blue or the red on the top. Yes. And, and uh, Alex's brother Shay and me, we were in the eighth grade, and we both went out on Christmas. Our parents, I guess, got us those shoes. And everybody, at one point, I would say probably a third of the class were wearing those Reebok Classics with the blue on the top. And that is solely because of Allen Iverson. And looking back at it, we all looked ridiculous. But, <laughs> uh, I mean, it was he, he was like a cultural phenomenon yeah. for a little while. I mean, I will totally yeah. buy into that. Uh, I, I think he was... Uh, he was one of the be- best basketball players of my lifetime and one of the best to never win a title. He's uh he's he was special. I think with like him what's really neat is like um you know Alex made the point of he's Jordan after Jordan. Like and what we mean by that is like you can name 15 Michael Jordan moments off the top of your head of like individual moments or with like seconds of a game that you're like yeah I remember that you have that with Allen Iverson there is you know there's the crossover of Jordan his rookie year when he like announced that he was here to play um mm-hmm. in college when he was at Georgetown they, the infamous game of him against UConn him and Ray Allen going back and forth unbelievable yeah. game um obviously the step over to Ron Lou, which like is always going to be played in infamy like that's that that moment will never go away um, but yeah, like, right. it's it's so neat that like he dishonored because it is kind of like, and even if you think about that draft class, like Kobe Bryant's in that draft class with him, and that like that '96 class is pretty impressive when you look at all the players on that list as well. Sure, sure. So guys, that brings us to the Diesel, the Big Money, the Shaktus, the Shack Attack, the Shack Attack, Shack Daddy, Diesel, the Big Cactus, Steel. <laughs> Shackatosis, yep. <laughs> Shackachusis. Uh, what was it? The big Socrates. <laughs> yep. Yes. Um, yes. Miami twice. That him and D Wade referred to in Miami. Um, when he was in Boston, he called himself Shackachusis. Um, yes. He was larger than life, above and beyond, unbelievable. Changed the way the big man was played. You never saw a guy that tall that could run up and down the court like that. 
Um, you know, where I talk about how much I love Jordan, LeBron, and I've talked about that many times in this show, like, as much as I love those guys, my three favorite players of all time are, say, Jordan, LeBron, and Shaq. As much as I enjoy those guys, none of them reflected my love of basketball like Shaq did. Um, yeah. Only because, like, you know, I was I was eight, nine years old when Jordan was going to sing. I was really young when Shaq went, you know, left Orlando, and I didn't really understand it at that time that he was like, you know, that was a bad, the bad thing. Like, it was like jersey sales, new Shaq jerseys, awesome. And um, he did the Taco Bell commercials. He had the Reeboks that were huge. You know, he was a big thing with the pumps. He did Kazam, which as a kid was like awesome, if you remember, and not so much now. Um, he appeared in Good Burger. Like Shaq was all over the world, and Shaq really changed like my like really marketing himself. And, like, big men really weren't like Shaq. You know, like, David Robinson was very to himself. Hakeem was very to himself. Like, Shaq embraced Orlando. He embraced L.A. And, like, he just really – he changed everything in basketball, really. And, like, I'm I'm super excited we get to talk about him going to the Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's done phenomenal work just staying relevant, you know. I mean, he's – he's done so much to keep his name out there, to keep his brand out there. He seems like just the greatest dude in the world. It's I'm really, really excited for him. I love Shaq. Uh, I think one aspect of his game that it's not understated or anything, but just what he could do with his size. It was one thing to be that tall and to be that stocky and everything, but it was another to move as fast as he did, to have the footwork that he did, to be able to play help defense the way that he could. He did so many things in such a huge frame that he was, I mean, he had his own orbit when he was under the basket. Right. And the yeah. best thing you could do was foul and hope that you fouled him hard enough to miss. Yeah, he he is the greatest center of my lifetime. He's one of the greatest basketball players of all time. I think he's, I'm going to go top three of all time in centers. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. I, I'm gonna put him behind Kareem and you Fair. know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I think he, but he's. I, I remember when he came into the league, and I, 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 as a basketball fan, I've said this before. I have to have a villain, and that's what keeps me going as a fan. I have to have somebody who I am not going to like, and I did not like Shaq for a long time, but I also secretly loved him because. <laughs> Because, you know, and I think it was more of a rivalry with me and the kid down the street. He was always wearing the Shaq jersey. I always had the Dennis Rodman jersey. So it was it was, it was, was kind of a rivalry thing. And, uh, a blood feud, some would say. <laughs> yeah, and I think, I think uh, I, you know, when he was in Orlando, I, I, I don't – I'm never, never going to remember him the way I did in L.A., the way I did in Orlando, just because of – the way he entered the basketball world, he tore down basketball goals. He was that guy that you wanted on all the other NBA games, but he wasn't on most of them because he had the Shaq Fu. So, you know, you'd always have some, you'd have like Stanley Roberts in his place or something, you know, taking his place on any game. So uh, he was, and then NBA Live was the first one to actually put him in as a, a playable character. Um, and he was, I, I just, I was Orlando all the time because I always wanted to be Shaq. And you added Penny to that, and they were such a fun team. And yeah, I, it they're you know I, they've had you know Grantland did a piece on them a few years back, and uh, ESPN did a um, did a documentary about the Magic. It's outstanding. Those years, 
And it's yeah. it, it's it's it is just as good as the Grantland piece, the oral history of the Orlando Magic from the nineties. It's it's pretty much the same thing. I'm glad ESPN went ahead and made that movie, but I, just it when I think of Shaq, it brings me back to what brought me into basketball. Like it is the funnest time of basketball in my entire oh, life. Oh yeah. It will never ever be as fun as it was when Shaq and Penny were down in Orlando kicking it, you know, with uh you know, with D three or three D and, and Nick Anderson and everybody and it was just they were awesome. And I mean was... they... Go no. ahead. Sorry. No, no bad. I was gonna say they just encapsulate the nineties. Yeah. Yeah. Like, especially being in Orlando, I mean, and it's, uh, the, the documentary, it's on Netflix, uh, the 30 for 30, uh... Magic Moment. This Magic Moment. Yeah. 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 Uh, they kind of talk about that, where, like, being in Orlando with Disney and with, like, Nickelodeon Studios, there's that, there's that huge, like, cartoon boom that happened in the 90s, too, and, like, they were just two perfect players at the perfect time in the perfect city and they just encapsulate such a decade such a time period of my childhood i completely agree that's that like that whole thing with with nickelodeon being down there at the time uh with walt disney world and everything like it was like everything you wanted all in in you know a one mile radius i mean it was it was insane how how all interconnected that was looking back at my childhood and everything and and I, yeah. and that's 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 why I identify him as the player is but you know what it's funny like I didn't want him to win a title for years I was it was just like I was with like with LeBron for many years I was booing against yeah. him and I remember you know when the uh, when they finally ended up winning the title what was it in two thousand mm-hmm. yes they won, yeah yeah I, I remember watching uh, yeah and I remember watching that game on my bed and just going man. Ah, basketballs went downhill, you know, and and I was like, I was like, I was like, we just let Shaq win a title, you know, but you know, I was, I was, because I mean, he couldn't win for years, you know, I mean, yeah. he'd been in yeah. the he'd been in the league for eight years, you know, and it was really hard. He had to wait till Jordan retired and everything, and and it was kind of a dead time in the league, honestly, when they first won their title. I mean, the Pacers were yeah. hanging around still, and that's how they won, but. You know, I, I, I think that, you know, after that, you know, and when he went to Miami, I got super excited. And I was so happy that they were able to beat the Dallas Mavericks that year. Yeah. Because I hated them. I hated them. And then, coincidentally, years later, I hated the Heat. And I was so happy the Dallas Mavericks beat them. Um, <laughs> because, once again, I always have to have a villain. Um, but uh, the, the Shaq-led team, and I know Phil Jackson recently made the comment that he thought that Shaq was a more more important acquisition for the Heat than LeBron is. That was and I Pat know Riley. that's a complete knock at LeBron. Pat Riley. I'm sorry, Pat Riley. I'm yeah. sorry. I said Phil Jackson. Um, and, and everybody's taking it as a knock at LeBron. But I, I almost completely agree with them I just because because they won the title. And I they wouldn't without without Dwayne Wade winning that title with Shaq coming down there and he put up good numbers while he was yeah, in my, yeah. he, I think he averaged nineteen and nine. Still, I mean, he was he was still really good, and they were able to win that title. And people started paying attention to the Heat. And I, you know, I don't know had they not won that title, I don't know if LeBron goes down there. Right. I don't know if Dwayne Wade establishes himself as that superstar with that with with you know with that team. I I don't know what happens, but right. it, it it is it. I I agree with him. I think I think it was their their biggest you know acquisition. Sure. Definitely yeah. in scope. It, it definitely, I think, big picture. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, yeah. so I'll ask you guys this: 
if you had to pick one team, um, it's just for fun what ifs here. Let's say we get 100% healthy Penny Hardaway and Shaq against 100% healthy Kobe and Shaq. Um, let's take championships and legacies out of it here. Who do you rather have? <laughs> I, I, Penny and Shaq. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we we we. In, but it, it's a nostalgic thing, man. Absolutely, I think it's, it's a complete is. nostalgic thing. But like, if you and, remember those, like, I mean, maybe it's because Kobe's not a passer. Obviously, we've we've seen that joke many of times. But like, would you would like see the Magic run down the court and like Shaq would literally put his hand up, and Penny would have the ball there ready for him. Like he knew if he ran yeah, hard, yeah. like he was going to get the ball, and like they they were just so outstanding and like. You know, you mentioned so fun. you mentioned three D and Nick Anderson. You didn't even mention what Horace Grant meant to that team and how good he was for oh them. Oh my god! And I, Anthony Anderson coming off the bench and like just, Anthony Bowie. I'm sorry. Wow. And you know just how good they were and like I just. But yeah, like and I always appreciate that Shaq said if he knew what he knew then he would have stayed. That's obviously hearsay to make Orlando happy, but right. it's still yeah. nice to hear. That's... Yeah. I mean, it's funny. I, years there's a there's an interview on um, that you can find on YouTube, and it's uh, 3D Penny and Shaq in a barbershop uh, recently from NBA TV, and and he spoke about like the, you know the camaraderie that he had with those guys, and he said that he never had that camaraderie with any players, any team that he played with ever again. He's you know, and he said that, and it was true. Like everybody on that team said the same thing. They all lived in condos near each other. They all hung out on the weekends. They were all really good friends. And I think that kind of helps mold a team. And you know, without Jack leaving and Penny's you know weird injuries and everything, I, you know, who knows what that team would have been. But um, they are what they are, man. That was twenty yeah. years ago. Jesus, right. more than that was twenty one yeah. years ago. It's crazy. Oh, great! We can buy the Orlando Magic a beer. My, uh, <laughs> my bold thing that I would say here is um, before we go out of here because I know we ran a long, longer than we normally do my bold thing I would say here is if Penny Hardaway is not hurt we're talking about him this weekend too yeah yeah, yeah. definitely yeah. yeah mainly yeah. because of the movie Blue Chips yeah I mean <laughs> I love Blue hey, Chips man, it's one of my favorite basketball movies next to Teen Wolf that's actually <laughs> it's Celtic Pride right no Teen Wolf <laughs> oh, okay it's actually funny. Okay. I know. I know. I was trying to end the show there, but like, did you ever see that in that the, this magic moment when Penny's like, they actually let us play basketball? And that was my like, I'm gonna show Shaq he should have me on his team thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought that was awesome. Yeah. So, with that being said, if we close out this week's Hall of Fame discussion and Western Conference projections, we can go and knock out this week's edition of the Corner Three Podcast. Uh, this Friday, we will have up our uh, preview of the Philadelphia 76ers uh, from with. Um, Jake Hyman, Jake Hyman from LibertyBallers.com. So I have a lot of good talks there about Ben Simmons. Uh, he gives a decent Allen Iverson memory there and a few things as well. Uh, next week we are beginning to be back and killing it, so we hope they have some more fast breaks for you as well as we keep dominating this show. So be sure to check us out on the website at thecorner3.net for all the latest news, all that, and you can find all of our social media there as well. So on behalf of Sean and Alex, thank you again for tuning in to this week's edition of The Corner 3, and we are out. Take care, guys. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Corner 3 Podcast, weekly tales of the NBA's hardwood from the suburbs of Cincinnati. Be sure to add us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and check out our brand new website at thecorner3.net.